Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. You're with Natalie Cheel and Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Why, hello there. Good morning. Happy hump day. It's Wednesday, the 6th of December, 2023. This is Open Line on TNT Radio. You can live stream us now as well on all major platforms. Uh, Rick and Gemma are coming up shortly. And don't remember, or don't forget even, that we are uncensored and unscripted. Um, What I thought I'd say this morning, well, I thought I'd give you an update about uh, uh, my kind of health kick because I've uh, been quiet about it uh, recently. Uh, So I thought you were due for uh, an update. And plus, uh, on here on TNT, we like to say the truth. Uh, We don't like to sugarcoat things, uh, give a fairy tale story. And uh, so I thought I'd give you you more of a a truthful update that actually this morning, I feel a bit blur. I weigh on a Wednesday morning and I've maintained my weight this week. Last week, I only lost half a pound the week before that I only lost a pound and I'm just feeling oh a bit demotivated and the pink cloud of sobriety it's gone it's floated away if you don't know what a pink cloud means uh it, it it's it's what a person I'm reading here feels uh elated and exhilarated and relief um after the early stages of detoxing from a substance and uh, yeah, my my pink cloud has as dwelling truly flown away. I feel more like oh, I could I I, I do feel good for not drinking, and I, I you know it's great, but oh, I could really do with uh, uh, going out and having a nice drink and a night out. And uh, I normally get through Christmas. I normally get through Christmas by drinking. That's 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 what I do. And uh, yeah, so. I uh, I need now right at the moment to dig deep. I need to get some motivation because it would be very easy to go into effort mode right now, which is what I normally do and uh, uh, lose all my progress. But I wanted to basically uh, say my story today and remind people that whether it's weight loss, healing, recovery, uh, that uh, is hard work. These influencers make it make it look really easy, and uh, actually, that progress isn't isn't linear. And uh, yeah, you gotta really work hard at it, unfortunately. And they're gonna be good days, and they're gonna be bad days. Uh, I also have to remind myself that muscle weighs more than fat. So I'm telling myself as well that I've been doing lots of exercise. I've um, I've done climbing three times this week, so uh, the weight loss must be because I'm uh, gaining muscle. Yeah, that's what I'm telling myself. And my new goal as well, uh, which I wanted to say out loud uh and because if you get it out loud uh, uh then you're more likely to stick to it and achieve it uh my boys uh wanted a pull-up bar uh which was very difficult for me to put up but i managed to get it up in our, our front room doorway uh my young, uh, youngest son can already like you know do whether you call them chin-ups pull-ups he can order you five no problem my eldest has managed one i can hang i can hang that's all i can do i can't do a chin-up or a pull-up but but uh, that is my goal, whether 2024, whether it takes me six months, I will. I will do one chin-up or one pull-up. Um, uh, and, and if I can get to five, great. So I will keep you updated with that and I will try keep up my motivation. Unlike 
uh, my uh, Dickhead of the Day award that goes to Piers Morgan, who is working from home um, after he's done a COVID test. He seems to uh, not got the memo from the rest of the country that they're moving on, and he seems to be moving backwards, uh, which we are not going to be doing here on TNT Radio. So uh, uh, don't go away, just a short break, and we'll get Rick and Gemma's thoughts here. Be a part of the conversation. I want representation I can trust. Have your say. Biden isn't doing enough. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Morning, guys. How are we feeling this morning? Not blur like me, I hope. Positivity. We're going to try and we're going to try and elevate you up a little bit. Uh, Take heart. You've lost a pound a week. Think about it. Excuse me. If you do that every week for a year, that's four and a half stone. So what are you currently weighing? You know, eight or nine stone. If you did that every day, every week for a year, you'd weigh five stone. So a pound a week is actually very good. And to put it into perspective, a bag of sugar is one pound. So if you could lift a bag of sugars with a flab off your body every week, you're actually doing very, very well. So don't beat yourself up about that. And a tip for your pull-ups is uh, get on a chair. And hang on the pull-up bar with your elbows bent. So right up at the top of the screen, hang on the pull-up bar and then slowly lower yourself down. Don't worry about pulling yourself up. Slowly lower yourself down. And that builds up strength initially because you won't have the strength to pull yourself up. And if you do that for long enough, lo and behold, you'll actually start to find you have the strength to pull yourself up. So start by lowering yourself off the pull-up bar, not pulling yourself up. So that's my little top tip for you. Yes. Good. Tip of the day. This is what we like. Yeah. Moving forward, Gemma. I I will do it. That's a manifestation. Absolutely. And remember with this, slow and steady wins the race. That's how it goes with all kinds of um, personal development. There's no quick fix. There absolutely is no quick fix in any discipline, whether it be weight loss, whether it be learning something new, uh, whether it be learning a skill or a hobby or just digesting information. You don't do it all in one go. That's not how it is. And we've forgotten that in our quick fix culture, haven't we? So you're on the right track. Pound a week is the steadiest and most healthy way to lose weight. If you do it that way, you won't put it back on again. That's been proven. But if you do these crash things, which are really bad for the body, but make a huge amount of money for the diet industry, you lose it go straight back on again and your body doesn't know what's going on. So you sound exceptionally balanced and healthy and you're doing exactly the right thing. There's my pet talk to you, Natalie. Oh, thank you, Gemma. That that has made me feel a lot better. And also Um, you mentioned muscle mass as well. Very important. Muscle mass, uh, muscle is twice as dense as fat, twice as dense as fat. So technically speaking, a bodybuilder or someone that's just pure muscle is technically overweight because they could be, you know, five foot eight and weigh 16 stone of pure muscle. It all depends on what the composition of your body is. So although your skills may show that you haven't lost any weight, you could have actually lost uh, fat and gain muscle mass and muscle uses a higher metabolic rate than fat. So therefore, the more muscle you have, the higher your metabolism is and the more calories you burn just simply by existing. So probably you've replaced some fat with muscle that's during the climbing as well. So there you go. There's another positive take on this yeah, for you. That's, that, that's what I'm going to tell myself. I do remember the story of the England rugby players. They all weighed them and they came up um, every single one as morbidly obese, mm-hmm. um, that, which they will do because uh, they carry so much muscle. So, yeah, we're we're moving forwards, onwards and upwards. And what story have you got for us this morning, Gemma? Well, for all that relentless positivity, which we've just thrown at you, Natalie, I'm about to bring a really bad health story to the table. But it's, again, one that can't be ignored, I'm afraid. Now, vindication is coming thick and fast in the news um, of the last couple of weeks. We've had the UK COVID inquiry where the, the chief of the health agency said, you know, actually masks 
are rubbish and they didn't work. Well, hello, we could have told you that three and a half years ago. We've had all the statistics coming out about the damage lockdown has done to children. There was a report out yesterday saying it slashed the UK's numeracy and literacy rates for kids. Um, and we knew this, we knew all this, but now it's coming out. Unfortunately, a story that's come out today to do with official NHS figures here in the UK does paint a very bleak picture for cancer patients. And it can't be ignored because it is a direct result of the madness of the health policy that were put in over the last three and a half years. So official NHS figures today are showing that 70,000 patients have missed out on cancer diagnosis in the last two, two and a half, three years, really, after failing to seek medical attention because, of course, people were absolutely terrified and were told not to go and see the doctor. So um, experts say that NHS cancer services have absolutely failed to recover since the start of the scamdemic. And patients are more likely now to have a very advanced form of cancer because they waited so long to get a diagnosis. And not only that, waiting lists are now topping 8 million. So not only have you got a late diagnosis, you're now waiting longer for your treatment. The reason, of course, for this is because the NHS prioritised COVID patients over any other patients, including cancer, and slashed face-to-face -face consultation so you couldn't get in to see your GP. Um, so what basically that means is, over the last three and a half years, they prioritised people with a cold over people with a mysterious lump, people that may have been coughing up blood on a routine basis. No, 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 you can't go and see your doctor. But if you've got a sniffle, get into the doctor, get in now, COVID, COVID, COVID. Now, if you're ending up dying of cancer now, it's almost like saying, oh, you know, sorry you're dying of that terrible cancer that we didn't diagnose, um, but we had to stop people dying of, 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 a, of a respiratory infection, whatever you want to call it, with a 98% survival rate. So sorry you're dying, but we had to stop people dying. And it's a terrible indictment of where we were three and a half years ago. And of course, people are now definitely dying as a result of these huge numbers. I mean, for example, pre-pandemic levels of cancer diagnosis in 2019 into 2020, before the madness hit, we had just over 320,000 diagnoses. That's 531 cases per 100,000 people. Over the scandemic, that dropped dramatically to just shy of 277,000. So a huge gap in the diagnosis, crept up a little bit in 2022, 302,000. But basically doctors were saying, we're not seeing you if you've got the cancer. No, 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 we're not worried about that. We're worried about people with coughs and colds. So it's a very, very, very stark warning of how mad things went and they could go again. And also, you know, we our hearts must go out now to these patients who've had a very late diagnosis and now on a waiting list are not getting treatment. Cancer charities and cancer health watchdogs are absolutely up in arms with this. And what's interesting is nobody is apologizing for this. And it's almost like a tacit agreement of like, we'll let a lot of people die to stop other people dying of the thing they can't possibly die from with a 98% survival rate. So this is where we mm. are. So sorry to bring everybody down on a hump day, but we can't ignore these stories. But it's vindication for us at least that the last three years was insane. Yeah, we, we, said, we said it right from the start, didn't we? I mean, uh, Rick, people like us right at the beginning said this would happen. And uh, sadly, uh, it's turned out to be that way. Yeah, it has. And the time, uh, you know, you look at those figures, Gemma, 320,000 uh, pre-pandemic, uh, dropping to 276,000 during it. And now, of course, uh, people are starting to go back now and you're hearing uh, reports of turbo cancers or people that did have cancer that were treated successfully for cancers that now have had 
vast, uh, you know, terrible, terrible comebacks of those cancers that they had recovered from, and now they're twice as bad. So, you know, there's a lot of hypotheses as to why that's happening. Is it linked in with the jab? What's causing this? Well, you know, if you look at the last three years at all the disasters that happen, everything is linked in and around what we're discussing right now. And of course, time is of the essence. Uh, you know, to get yourself checked out because there's different stages of cancer, one, two, three, and four. And, you know, if you can catch a cancer, usually at a low stage, they say that the survival rate is infinitely higher than if you're at stage three or stage four. But the problem is a lot of people are now presenting to doctors and they're feeding back to say there's people coming to us now with advanced stage three, stage four cancers. We're not even getting to diagnose them. We're just writing them a, a death warrant effectively saying, listen, uh, there's not much we can do for you anymore. So time is critical. Uh, but then again, people's health, uh, people's faith, has been destroyed in a lot of the medical profession. And of course, you couldn't actually see a doctor for a long time. Or as you've rightly pointed out, you were welcomed uh, with open arms and a red carpet if you wanted to get an injection in your arm. But if it was to uh, get a cancer diagnosis, they weren't really particularly interested in that. So completely screwed up. And I think it's wrecked a lot of people's faith and trust in the health service also, which is also putting them off going to get uh, any diagnoses done. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, just been checking the online chat as well. Uh, some people have obviously said uh, there's some question as to whether the jabs uh, do affect uh, the uh, get, getting cancer, possibly turbo cancers. Uh, correlation doesn't always mean um, causation. So you've got to add to add for me uh, the fact that, uh, like Holly said uh, in here as well, sugar can cause cancer. So you've got to remember in those three years when we were shut down, People's diets got worse. They did less exercise. They were under more stress. Um, that it will also be a factor on top of possibly jabs that they've had, on top of the fact that there are still old people out there too scared to go to their doctors at the moment. Um, you know, Jeffro makes a good point as well. He says in the online chat, maybe it's a good thing because uh, radiotherapy and chemotherapy, I'm not sure, so sure those, those things actually help. Maybe if you don't get diagnosed, that might be better off for you. Um, but I think it's always better to have the information. Personally, you know, I would like to know if I've got cancer and then I would choose uh, to treat it in the way that I feel best. I, I agree with him. I don't think I'd go through those routes myself. Uh, personally, from what I've seen, I don't think that they actually do do much good. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's not a surprise to me those rates have gone up and there'll be a number of reasons and factors, uh, Gemma. But, you know, lockdown uh, being uh, the primary uh, uh, reason to start with, which caused all these other problems. Absolutely. And it's the it's the it's the discrepancy. And well, you can die of this thing. We're not we're not interested in if you die of cancer. We're only interested if you got the COVID. We can put that on your death certificate, you know, died with the COVID, died with the COVID, died after testing positive four. That was the only thing they were interested in. And when I was still at the BBC um, and obviously attending anti-lockdown rallies in my spare time, it does remind me of a conversation I had with a colleague who was fully down the fear propaganda mode, you know. And we were talking in our lunch break as we sat in the depressing canteen, all socially distanced and all the actual madness that was doing my head in before I chose to walk out. Um, we were talking about it and, and I said down the road of um, of lockdown and I made a joke and I said something like, well, should we start getting people out onto the street and killing them to stop people dying? You know, if they break lockdown, should we, should we, should we start killing people who break lockdown to stop other people dying? And he looked at me and he went, well, I don't think we need to go that far yet. And I was like, mate, it's a joke. You know, that it was all right to kill people, to stop people dying. I said, it's yeah. a joke. You know, but that's where we were with this insanity. So you couldn't present to your doctor with serious symptoms or a lump somewhere because no, 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 we don't. We're not bothered about that. You can. It's only COVID. Go away and die of something else. That's where mm. we were. 
And I pray we never go back to that. I pray we never do. I think the only thing uh, positive to say in relation to this story is I do believe people's, uh, most of the public's uh, opinion has changed recently. I mean, even the Piers Morgan thing I was saying, you know, the majority of people are taking the mick at this point. You know, you know, I think I think public opinion has changed in terms of COVID. I think most people are now realising that it is a cold. Um, I don't think there are massive uh, vaccine uh, uptake rates um and uh, i don't think people are taking it seriously so hopefully we have a chance of uh, uh people uh looking at the cancer uh now uh rates uh and improving things but then again with the way the nhs is who knows uh but thank you Gemma, uh for bringing us that story we've got lots more to cover here at tnt so please don't go away you should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing, but subsequently liberating. Uh, certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus we are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company Ross Cameron on today's news talk radio TNT God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40. California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a thousand dollar a day fine. Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%. You know, 99.8% survival, rather than the 3 or 4% mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. 
We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. You have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them, this is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. We don't rock, rock. we talk. talk. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Oh, I don't know what they're talking about. We do rock, don't we, Rick? We like to rock. We like to listen to rock music. Uh, some, some might say we rock anyway. But uh, we are back. Welcome back. Uh, we've got in Ireland, possibly, you know, a new Donald Trump. Is uh, mm. Conor McGregor going to come and save Ireland? Uh, he He's come out and he said, are you ready, President me? What do you reckon, President Conor McGregor, Rick? You know, I, I, I don't know that he would have uh, much savvy about him when it comes to politics, but let's be honest about it. Love the guy or hate the guy. How could you say that he will do a worse job than Roderick O'Gorman or Helen McEntee or uh, Leo Varadkar or Mayho Martin? And again, it's this scenario we're faced with, Natalie, whereby if he did run for election, it's not necessarily people would think he was the best candidate, but they would think he was the least bad candidate, and therefore he may gather some uh, votes accordingly. We talked about this, uh, what, a we week did? ago, two weeks ago, uh, after the we Dublin rats, he started to become vocal. He was quiet during the lockdowns. He was quiet during, in fact, he made uh, promotional videos that looked like he, he was reading off an autocue, telling people to stay in and telling people to, you know, behave themselves uh, during the scandemic years. Very quiet. And then all of a sudden, now he's becoming vocal. Ireland's at war. Ireland this, Ireland that. And we said, maybe he's getting ready to pitch his hat into the political ring. And lo and behold, now he's actually physically himself mooting this or uh, fielding this uh, possibility himself. And you know what? This story in itself, don't really, we're not really giving him any airtime per se, okay? However, it's this example of how easily people are distracted by, you know, the cult of celebrity or somebody that's known for something, another talking point, another thing to get people talking about all the things that aren't real and aren't actually happening versus the things that are. So it's crazy how quickly uh, the focus is turned on to this story in particular. But of course, whether he does it or not, whether he wins or not, whether he loses or not, you know, he's a businessman now. He has his own brand of stout. He has his own brand of whiskey, Proper 12, and uh, Black Forge stout that he's doing. He's trying to take on Guinness and Irish uh, whiskey makers. He's doing very well in business. This is all free publicity for him. And, of course, we're even giving him a little bit here now this morning. But it's just to illustrate yeah. the point how quickly people are uh, duped and also how uh, sleek it people can be with regards to self-promotion. So, you know, he's a master of that. So he's just doing what he's good at, which is self-promotion. Well, he's an opportunist. And, uh, you know, he also does what he said uh, or told because 
we saw him do those scripted uh, stay at home. It's really important during lockdown. So, you know, is he just being told to come out and say this? Is is this part of some bigger play? Who knows? Or or did he just actually write those tweets and realise that he's getting some absolutely brilliant feedback there and thought, I can make some money off this? You know, and I had to do a bit of research because he's uh, saying he was going to go for precedent, which is different to the Taoiseach. Uh, so uh, the president is more like um the the, the monarchy uh rather than uh the the, the actual going for like political elections mm-hmm. so uh it would be quite difficult for him to actually become president um uh and uh it isn't as easy as going through elections but you know what who knows if 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 you could get behind it it wouldn't be very easy for him to do it. or maybe he'll change his mind and he'll try and get leo varadkar's spot instead but one thing i do know about conor mcgregor if he thinks there's money it a minute money in it and he thinks it's achievable he will go for it so you know trump trump made president we've just seen that crazy uh argentinian guy as well so who knows this time next year could conor mcgregor be in politics i would not put it past him at all rick and also i'll say one thing for the guy i have to give him nothing but respect when he was coming up as a fighter he was a phenomenal uh mixed martial arts fighter and he was a two-time two-weight uh division title holder he held the uh, the lightweight uh, belt in the UFC as well as uh, the the featherweight belt uh, he beat Jose Aldo and then he beat um, Eddie Alvarez and he held two belts simultaneously so he talked a lot of smack he talked a lot of trash but he backed everything up not like with action and everything that he said he was going to set out to do he did including the launch of the uh, whiskey brand and he managed to blag a super fight with Floyd Mayweather, a boxing fight. He actually went 10 rounds with him and made over $100 million from that too. It was, I think, the second highest selling pay-per-view boxing match in history. So to give him his dues, I have nothing but respect for his work ethic, uh, but I think he's now realized uh, the fight game, uh, he's passed his prime with that. And, you know, as you would, you know, if you'd been through as many wars as he had, he wants to make his money without getting punched in the face now. So maybe politics and or uh, alcohol is his way of doing it. So have to give him respect respect for that uh he was a great fighter a great smack talker and he backed everything up with action so you never know uh he may just back this all up with action too he may be the next president of ireland anything's possible these days anything anything is possible i mean personally i think uh you know uh yes as a businessman and his sporting achievements excellent but from what i've heard about him as a person in his private life um and how he treats women um and uh well much like trump i guess um and uh uh you know how he will just with his uh, boxing experience by anyone um and i think he likes a few drinks and uh, i think he likes a few a few lines from what i've heard as well so uh yeah we'll see we'll see about conor mcgregor i'm not allegedly. i'm not sure he's allegedly <laughs> allegedly. allegedly it's only rumors don't 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 come sue me uh but you know i'm giving him publicity so i'm sure he doesn't mind anyway but we shall <laughs> see uh we've got to take a break for the headlines now and lots more st- stories to cover here at TNT Radio. Big news, TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Qatar has demanded the UN Security Council step in to end the bombing and suffering of civilians in Gaza. Three of America's most prestigious universities have come under fire after seemingly admitting allowing their students to call for the genocide of Jews, so long as it's within the right context. 
And the director of the FBI has warned the terror threat in the US has soared to an all-time high, saying he's never seen a time where so many threats are elevated at once. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Yeah, welcome back. I, I had to uh, share this story because it's it's unbelievable. This was in the Daily Mail and uh, this was about squatters' rights. And uh, obviously uh, they've changed the law now. Uh, so it was in 2012, uh, September 2012, uh, they changed it so that squatting became a criminal offence and it can now lead to six months in prison. Before that, however, there was a law that basically you could be in a house you could take that house and as long as you were there for about 10 years you could apply to uh then it become your house and essentially by law uh in this country in the uk you would then legally own it uh so this is the story of keith best uh he noticed a house had gone uh unused so he decided to just move in do it up uh, and apply uh, in 2012, saying, I've been here for 10 years. And uh, they had no choice, um, even though the uh, the person uh, had, I think he had other houses and he left. Uh, he has been awarded uh, for money. He's now sold it for uh, £540,000. Uh, the uh, uh, current, or what I would have said, the, the owner who uh, had it from his uh, deceased parent is saying, how can this happen? It's like just getting in a car and stealing it. It's taken, he's taken it away, but no, legally by the courts. Mr. Best has found a loophole and he says, I've done nothing wrong. I'm no thief. I've done everything according to the law. So he didn't go get a mortgage, Rick. He just took somebody else's house and sold it. And uh, he's complaining because <laughs> he had to pay a lot in legal fees. But is this the way to do it? We talk about beating the system. Did he find yeah, a way to beat be the done. system? What a guy. Yeah. What a guy. I love this guy already. Uh, Keith Best is his name. Uh, and he's, he says he maintains that he paid the pensioner's granddaughter. He actually gave her 245 grand of compensation and also spent £150,000 of his own money doing up the property. So Mr. Bess said, I've been portrayed as a thief uh, who cheated an old man out of his home, but that's not true. The whole thing has been a nightmare for me. It's cost me a lot of money. It's cost me my health. I never made anything from this, and yet it's being made out that I robbed the pensioner. I haven't made a profit. You've got to admire the man's audacity, but he's also very switched on. You know, he's been keeping an eye on things. He's noticed the houses went empty, and he thought, you know what? I'm going to move in. They might kick me out after a week, but so what? I'll have a roof over my head, and then a week turns into a month, which turns into a year, and then he ends up selling it uh, for 540,000 yeah. quid. You've got to admire the brass neck of this guy, like anybody with a brass neck, uh, and this guy has a neck of pure, solid brass. So yeah, it maybe didn't turn out just the way that he wanted it to, but don't forget, during the whole time here, he had accommodation. He had the roof over his head, unlike, for example, that poor lady we talked about yesterday, sleeping in a tent 
outside uh, Limerick City Hall. Maybe she should take a leaf out of Keith Best's book and start scouting the neighborhood uh, for, you know, closed blinds and uh, curtains. I know I know loads of houses around here, actually. This is giving me ideas that I could uh, move into and do a bit of squatting. Yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, with my luck, I'll end up in prison. Uh, I won't be making yeah. half a million quid. Yeah, so yeah, I, he's got we needed to, need to make it very, very clear the law has now changed. So what he has done, which he was living in that house for eight years uh, when he applied for residency and uh, to, to take the property rights of that uh, house. Uh, but that wouldn't be able to be done now because they have changed the law in 2012. Uh, uh, but he also, I'd like to add, he revealed that he's also been in a two-year legal battle with his family after his mum left his entire estate to him. Um, and that's been contested by the rest of the family. So he seems <laughs> he seems like somehow he got his mum to change the will and give the uh, another house to him as well. So he's astute, if nothing else, uh, this you know uh, it's a funny story but, but he, uh, he's a guy he, he seems to be able to get houses but he doesn't seem to be able <laughs> to keep them or make any money from them so he's probably better off just living normally there's a lesson in that too you know the grass is always greener on the other side you know manipulate mum to give me the house manipulate this old man potentially to you know squat in his house but at the end of the day he's come away with this with absolutely nothing except a load of stress and hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of legal bills so yeah, yeah. i think uh what is it i fought the law and the law won that song springs to mind right now. I think that yeah. one applies to Mr. Keith Best. Yeah, but I thought it was a good story to bring on Hump Day. I'll pass it back over to you, Rick. What do you want to cover next? Oh, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, let's look at uh, Wales. Let's uh, cast our attention on Wales at the minute. Uh, we're always talking about Wales for seemingly the wrong reasons. It's got uh, the 20 miles per hour speed limit thing that's driving Welsh people crazy. Mark Drakeford and co are making people's lives miserable with as much you know pedantic totalitarian measures as they can inflict into people in their everyday lives. Now, uh, we're seeing about Welsh uh, educational performance. This is a, a report that came out uh, yesterday. Wales performance has fallen to its lowest level ever in maths. <clears throat> excuse me, maths, reading and science tests taken by 15-year-olds uh, in the first international PISA assessments since COVID. Uh, Welsh scores were the lowest of all UK nations and the results gap has actually widened. So the education minister, Jeremy Miles, said the pandemic has derailed some improvement in literacy and numeracy. He said plans have been launched to raise standards. Well, let's just correct them right now. The, pan the so-called pandemic derailed absolutely nothing. The government's derailed children's mental health. The government's derailed children's health, period. The government's derailed children's social experiences. And the government's derailed children's so-called education. This cannot be, cannot be passed anywhere else other than to the feet of the government. They locked the schools down. They shut them down for up to you know, a year, a year and a half at a time. They isolated the children. So no, it wasn't the pandemic that set the children back. It was the government that set the children back. And that applies to every country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this was uh, due to lockdowns. They will try and say the pandemic. But of course, um, it was their uh, recommendations and guidance uh, that was taken. So uh, it says overall, uh, there was quite a marked drop in results across the countries that took part in the PISA test. And the PISA is the Programme for International Student Assessment. So all of the countries saw a marked 
drop since what they call the pandemic, but I would say the lockdown uh, regulations that they took all over uh, the Western world. Children weren't at school. Of course they weren't. Uh, they, they expected them to try homeschool. Uh, they All of these strike days that they've been doing recently as well, uh, They and uh, they expect people to suddenly be okay uh, studying studying in that way no it's not it's not going to happen so uh yeah yes it's bad in wales but it's also uh noted that it's been bad everywhere and it's like we said about the working from home or the cancers you can't suddenly just change things overnight if you suddenly give people furlough they're not suddenly going to change their attitude and want to go back to working normally the same as those students that had two or two nearly three years of changes their whole attitude to learning has changed, Rick. They're not suddenly going to go back to the same students that they were before these lockdowns. And, and they're seeing that in the exams and they're seeing a problem in, in learning throughout. Yeah, the other thing, uh, just to put this into perspective as well, uh, the scores have dropped uh, on average from uh, 487 in 2018 down to 466. What does that mean? That's the equivalent of a whole year of study. So effectively, those 15-year-olds are a full year behind what they should be at at this point. And I don't know how you catch that up. Uh, whenever I used to go to school, if someone was a little bit uh, slow with the learning in certain areas, because some people are really good academically, some people aren't. Sometimes kids had to repeat a year uh, or depending on when their birthday fell, actually, they might have had to, because my birthday actually fell in July because of the Northern Ireland education system, I actually had to do P7 twice, which was a nightmare because our teacher was a sadistic pig. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's by the by. So sometimes you have to repeat a year in school uh, whether it be because of when you were born or maybe because of, you know, you need to catch up a little bit academically. So either way, that's just to give you an example. The entire Welsh education system in mathematics is the equivalent of an entire year behind. That's not one person. That's not one class, one school. That's on a whole. Welsh kids are a whole year behind uh, when it comes to mathematics. So they say they're going to put uh, measures in place to uh, rectify that. But what do you do? You know, do you double double their mathematics for a year? Do you cram it all in there? You can't really catch up with some things like that, especially when they're studying other subjects. So and, I don't think they will catch up on this. And I wanted to add as well, whether it's different here in England <clears throat> and uh, whether uh, things have changed over the years, but they don't put children back anymore. Cause I had obviously, um, I had, uh, or have two uh, autistic children who were severely developmentally behind. And that was one of the things I said, you know, put them back a year and uh, let's see if they can catch up a bit before we decide what school they go to. And they will not absolutely do, do that it. because of inclusion now. So you have to stay in your same uh, year, okay. however however hard i mean mm -hmm. it, you really have to have a legal fight if you want to try mm -hmm. put your child down a year you know it would have made a big difference to my children that's one year worse. at their start that's yeah. worse so, yeah it is you know? so uh yeah so yet yeah, they have to stay in that year um uh for equality for quality diversity and all and all that jazz uh so yeah uh, it, it, it's a very sad state of affairs in the schooling system at the moment that's in wales and and everywhere else but we will keep you updated on that we have to take a quick break and when we come back uh we've got a story about pilots here at tnt radio mm -hmm. with his expert analysis and opinion this is tnt radio's timothy shea these are parlous times for liberty in the united states and for the Constitution and the rule of law. House Republicans have joined with their Democrat colleagues to oust 
Republican Representative George Santos, only the sixth member to ever be removed from the lower legislative chamber. Three were removed in 1861 after they joined the Confederacy, and the other two following their convictions of the crimes of which they were accused. Santos has been accused of fraud crimes but not convicted. This is a premature, preemptive strike by Republicans on one of their own, and it sets a dangerous precedent. Now, I hold no grief for George Santos. He seems, quite frankly, like a wingnut, but it's up to the constituents of his district to remove him from office, absent a criminal conviction. This is just one more episode in the long history of Republicans bowing to Democrat will. It seems as though when Democrats win elections, they get their own way. And when Republicans win elections, Democrats still get their own way. This is why we're so upset with the Republican Party. Grow a pair, stand up, and say no to the other side. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. When I had my heart event close to four years ago, I was at the gym, thought I deserve a coffee, and thought I'll top up with fuel, ordered a coffee. But while I was pumping fuel, I started to get chest pains. Then it got worse and worse and worse. So then I was leaning on the counter thinking, yeah, something's not quite right. So then I went to wait for the coffee and that's when it really, really hit. And Joy just, you know, mouthed, do you need an ambulance? And I remember nodding. I wasn't even thinking about a heart attack. I just thought something is seriously wrong with me here. So when the cardiologist came to see me, she informed me that I'd had what they call a widowmaker heart attack. Bit of a shock when someone says, you know, you nearly died. <laughs> Everybody should be aware of all the symptoms of a heart attack that women can have that aren't typical of the shoulder pain, the right arm pain. I go to the gym, I do yoga, Pilates, I swim, I go on bike rides, and yet I still had a heart attack. You just don't know it could be you. This is a place for crazy people. Natalie Cheel and Rick Mott. I think you'll listen. TNT. Yeah, it certainly is a place for crazy people that like to uh and um, as they say in the online chat. Um, yeah, we've got a story about pilots. This is an interesting one. Uh, so um, it's kind of linked, they say, to the COVID vaccines. Uh, pilot warns of airline industry disaster due to COVID vaccine. Uh, and the figures have been provided by former Virgin Australia pilot Captain Shane Murdoch, 65, a qualified air accident investigator of a 386% increase in Mayday calls in the first three months of this year and a 272% increase in Mayday calls in 2022. Now, now, many people are saying, well, this has got to be down to uh, uh, the COVID vaccine, the jab, uh, heart problems, um, other associated problems, uh, whether there might be a uh, problem uh, with uh, pressure, um, altitude. Can that make things worse with the jab? Possibly. Uh, I was going to you know, add on to this um, the same as I said earlier, you know, uh, correlation does not always mean causation. Uh, so we have to also, I would say, before we look at this, I don't I just want to be 
you know, like we hear on TNT radio, I don't want to fall into the trap of what the COVID cultists did at the start, you know, and, and then we look at one thing and instantly say, oh, that must mean, that must mean this, like they did, oh, people were were dying. So that, that must mean that they were dying of COVID. For me, you know, I'd need to take a real uh, check for these Mayday uh, calls. I would have to see, did the policy change? Did, did, did the Mayday calls mean, you know, what other things being called in? Was it just health problems? problems you know look at it before and against but it's certainly a cause for concern 100% and more investigations if this is true and this is across the board on all uh, flights and airlines um, and there is a massive problem uh, with pilots becoming ill then there might needs to be a massive investigation but I w- can't say we can go alone on the figures without further investigation Rick I would say yeah, well, at the minute, <clears throat> let's think about what's happening in the world. At the minute, there's excess deaths being reported right across the globe, okay? Not just in one particular area, right across the globe, pretty much, uh, certainly anywhere that these jabs were rolled out en masse over the last three years. Now, I'm in the same camp as you here. You can't blame every single death, every premature death, every heart attack, every stroke, every incidence of aggressive cancer. You can't blame it every time it happens on the injection because there's no proof that that's the case. However, there's no shadow of a doubt that all these things have increased in rates and increased in numbers and frequencies since the rollout of that jab. So we don't have conclusive factual evidence there. And as you say, causation or correlation does not equal causation. However, there's no doubt in my mind uh, that these injections, of course, have played a huge role in uh, killing people prematurely. There has been a huge amount of excess deaths and it's still ongoing. And we're coming up to the third anniversary uh, of the rollout of this. I think actually this month, December 2020, was the first injection that was given within the UK. So with pilots, let's just take this one here, for example, uh, the the figures speak for themselves, uh, more evidence, 272. So this is actual factual evidence, 272% increase in Mayday calls in 2022 with 30% fewer flights. So uh, more, more flights and and career getting into trouble, despite the fact that there was 30% less airplanes in the air. Uh, latest incapacitations uh, reported recently here, we had one on the 29th of November, one on the 26th of November, one on the 30th of October, and on and on it goes. So almost a 300% spike in May days to do with uh, cabin crew, pilots, despite the fact that there's 30% less airplanes in the air. So there's no doubt something's causing this. And I have yeah. no doubt it could be a combination of, you know, multiple factors, but without a doubt, we can't rule out uh, this old uh, mRNA death shot uh, as, you know, <laughs> a big player in what could be potentially going Absolutely. on in the skies above our heads. Yeah. And what I think isn't happening that needs to happen is, is you know, I don't want to sit here and read those figures and say, oh, well, it's definitely the jab because that's not yeah. how I've worked in the rest of my life. But this should certainly lead to an investigation. Mm-hmm. You know, if this is accurate uh, and these details and these Mayday calls have gone up that much across the globe and, uh, and in all of the airlines, why aren't we seeing an investigation? Why aren't we? It's a simple question. You just literally say how many of those people that died and of those Mayday kills were jabbed at, 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 the, at its most basic level, Rick. You know, that, that's not even difficult to do. Um, you know, but that's, that isn't happening. They don't want that to happen. Uh, someone in the online chat night says part of the agenda is to stop you flying. And so I would say to people out there, uh, you can answer me in the online chat, you know, reading this, does it put you off flying? You know, if you, you know, reading about a lot of pilots that are having heart attacks, that there are mayday calls going up, 
uh, that flights are having to be grounded? Does it put you off flying? Do you, you know, uh, you know, are you thinking well, it's, it's a moving factor. forward? Yeah, it's a factor. I mean, I, I, personally speaking, I don't know. Ed would even have a passport at the minute. I haven't had a passport since 2018 because I'm not planning on going anywhere. And during the lockdown years, everything was closed down anyway. My passport lapsed. I just simply haven't replaced it. Not because I'm afraid of flying. It's just I don't plan on going anywhere. However, uh, this in and of itself would not put me off flying. But you've got to bear in mind, you know, that this isn't happening. You know, every other flight or one in 10 flights, it's still a very, very small number of incidences that are happening. We're just saying that they're increasing in frequency. And if they keep going the way they're going, then it most definitely could be a cause for concern, you know, maybe in the next year or two. And the other thing is to Natalie, time scales. when these things were originally given to people uh, going back yeah. three years ago, you know, it'll yes. be three years proper come next year because it only rolled out at the tail end of 2020. But they said uh, that those people that thought they would be very damaging said it could take three to five years for the effects of this to fully show up in the general population. So we're only just coming into that three to five years after period in January uh, over the next two years from 2024 up to 2026. So I would say uh, I would stake money on it that if we were to report on this again in exactly 12 months, the figures I would imagine will be a lot higher than the 272% increase. And maybe next year we'll be saying, well, actually, <laughs> it would put me off flying now because of the amount of uh, crises that are happening or pilots that are taking heart attacks midair, but not as per right now. Yeah, and I remember um, Dolores, I think it's Dolores Cahill. She was mm -hmm. one of the first videos that I remember seeing, and she was the one that said it was about three to five years. Uh, so, you know, we need to keep an eye on these figures. Uh, but as we've seen in New Zealand, uh, that uh, they arrested uh, a so-called uh, whistleblower for uh, giving details of vaccine deaths over there. So they want to keep these uh, figures covered up as well. So we will keep reporting them as much as we can. Uh, but unfortunately, they don't want these figures coming out. So that's the way it stands at the moment. Uh, we've got another story, uh, this time about Deputy Prime Minister Oliver Dowden. Uh, this is another funny one. At least I can laugh now about these. These used to make me angry. Now I just see it as more fear mongering, more social conditioning. They're testing us. They're testing the public uh, for their compliance. They want to get feedback. He is saying, don't panic. But Britain should now stock up on candles and battery powered radios in case of a power meltdown because uh, uh, households uh, should be prepared uh, to be thrown back to an analog era if the internet and power systems collapse. Uh, but funnily enough, he's also trying to advertise their new website. They've got a new, the government have got a new resilience website that's apparently supposed to help us all. Uh, so this uh, threat's come just at the right time because we can all log on and look at their website, Rick. Uh, just in case we were really scared that there was going to be a blackout despite them pushing uh, for more digital ID everywhere. Uh, seems a little bit hypocritical to me. A, re a resilience website from the government. When I was a kid, it used to be called the hardware store. The hardware <laughs> store. So basically you went down and you said, can I have a box of candles, some big matches, maybe an old paraffin lamp possibly, in case the electricity goes off, a few extra blankets and some hot water bottles in case we don't have our central heating. So now the government have opened up this resilience website. Basically, listen, this is this is common sense again. But this guy, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to admit this, I'm going to have to come clean here on our Oliver Dowden. I didn't even know Oliver Dowden existed, okay? <laughs> Let alone the fact that he's the Deputy Prime Minister of the United Let's Kingdom. Check who Listen, he was. 
he's such a non-entity. And I mean, I'm pretty au fait with just about every world leader in every country on every continent. I didn't even know Oliver Dowden existed, let alone he was in politics and that he was the Deputy <laughs> Prime Minister of Britain. I'm sorry I'm going to have to own that one. Uh, I don't think I'm ashamed. I don't feel shame about that, Natalie, because when I look at him, the fact that as a Deputy PM, <laughs> he's telling us to buy candles, he doesn't exactly instill me with confidence. He's, he, he reminds me of Anthony Albanese, who I see is getting, he's the Aussie PM who's getting a lot yeah. of flack in the Aussie press about being a, a weak beta male at the minute. Well, I'm sorry to say this and be judgmental, but this guy, Oliver Dowden, you know, if there was a kid in the playground you thought would be an easy target for their dinner money, I would say it would have been Oliver Dowden, all right, and yep. Anthony Albanese, and Rishi Sunak, and Michael Gove, hell's bells, they're all wimps, aren't they? That They are. Um, and his quote, it, he says, it always used to be the case that everyone would be able to access a battery-operated radio. In the past, it was common to keep a torch or candles in the cupboard under the stairs. I mean, really, I, I this article, it's supposed to be fear-mongering, but it just made me laugh, like you yeah. said, with the pictures, pictures of the weak man that I'd never heard of, uh, despite, remember, this comes alongside of them pushing digital ID. They're pushing. They're telling us AI is going to be really dangerous, but at the same time, um, it could all go out overnight. It's it, it, it doesn't even add up. So, you know, I would say don't listen too much that if anything, they're more likely to bring in load shedding like they have in South Africa. We're not going to get full power cuts because uh, their whole digital plan doesn't work then. And that's far more important in terms of control. Uh, so load shedding rather than full power cuts. So don't rush out yet. I know he's obviously scared you and I know you need to go and buy a battery powered radio now because I've all over Dowden and you need to go and buy lots of candles and torches. But I think you've got a little while yet. I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow, Rick. And you can also buy, but here's a little top tip as well. You, you don't even, batteries are super expensive at the minute. So you don't need a battery powered radio or a battery powered uh, torch. You can you can buy a little uh, wind up torches and ones that are powered by dynamos. You just, you know, squeeze them a few times in your hand. That gives them enough uh, dynamic energy to power, you know, the torch or the radio as well. So that's actually a top tip. If you are thinking about stacking up on something over the Christmas period or during the winter to give you light and one thing and another, or to listen to the radio uh, source, uh, bat uh, not uh, battery part, battery battery free radios and battery free torches. They're quite inexpensive and uh, they're great. You'll save a fortune on batteries as well. So you know they they cost a fortune for those big, you know, double A batteries or A size batteries or whatever size they are. They're about, um, I don't know, 10, 15 anyway, quid a packet in the way. Anyway, Oliver Dowden he's well behind because like when we were all doom mongering in COVID, thinking there were going to be blackouts. I already bought my torches and mm -hmm. I already bought my candles. So and when my rice. Bathroom. Yeah, and, and your my cream rice, rice. And, my rice pudding. and your so pineapple. Was, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so when my bathroom light went out the other day, and uh, the kids weren't very happy, I was like, "No worries, I've got a whole set of torches we can use." So you know, if he thinks he's uh, giving me advice. Well, I'm way ahead of you. I've we been have... doomsday prepping for years because of COVID. Uh...
Breaking news, last night we actually ran out of spaghetti. Okay, so we've no. been eating our way, we've been eating our way through the doomsday prep of spaghetti now for the last two years. So we actually I haven't had to buy spaghetti for two years, but it's caught, I've saved a fortune because it's went up uh, significantly in price. But I'm gonna have to go out and stock up again on the old spaghetti and rice coming into the new year because that's another one. Uh, Zero Hedge was reporting rice is up 50% in price over the last three years. So if you had been stockpiling on it, like we advise you to do. If nothing else, A, you wouldn't have to go to the shops, and B, you would have saved 50% on all your purchases. So, you know, don't say we don't give people good sound investment advice right. here, even if it's rice and That's, pasta. Yeah, I've, and, and I've very sadly nearly run out of soup. I've nearly run out of spaghetti hoops. I've nearly oh, run no. out of baked beans. <laughs> Is it, what about is it, tomato it's ketchup? Have you actually stocked up on tomato ketchup? Because you can get that doesn't humongous... last. Yeah, Does I've got the bit. that doesn't last very long in our house. I'm afraid uh, we've mm. already got to. We got. I'll go to Costco and get those, but they don't last very long. Okay, okay. Uh, well, you might get a crate. Get a crate, like a 24 pack of two liter bottles <laughs> of tomato sauce that <laughs> might last you for <laughs> a week in a crisis. Yeah. But yeah, both buy the stuff that you love. Carmack bars yeah. is another one. If you could turn back time, like Cher said, yeah. uh, I'm sure you would have found a way to buy yourself some Carmack bars and animal bars but you know yes. the door is closed so stock up people get out there today uh, uh, that's the way we say to enjoy your life that's how we uh, roll here at TNT with Doomsday mm. Prepping uh, carry on listening to Lock and Loaded I'll be back here at 9am tomorrow I have been uh, Natalie Chill. this is Open Line and TNT Radio have a great day 